0: permission to come aboard.
1: Welcome to the Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and
0: TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screen, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So, thanks for joining us tonight, and let's get started. My name is Tim, and I'm Scott, and we are the Suicide Squadcast.
1: So, Tim, you're sick as a dog. <laughs> I'm I'm getting there, man. But man, it's been like I've been sick for like the last three and a half days.
0: Yeah, you said a fever for three days.
1: Yeah, a fever for three days. Yeah, it started it started Wednesday like uh, around noon for me, around lunchtime, I just started feeling like crap. And uh, I ended up going, leaving work early that day. And then, um, and then like, I knew like Wednesday night, I'm like, yeah, I am not going to work on Thursday because I was running a high fever. And, and uh, so I basically just kind of drugged myself up and just kind of slept through it all day on Thursday. And then uh, Friday, I stayed home and tried to work a little bit remotely, but it it didn't go well. (laughs) I just, that was basically, I've just been kind of like keeping myself kind of knocked out. Oh, good. Well, you know, I, I prefer to be knocked out during those situations. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so that was, I was glad you said, you know, you sent me the text message like, hey, can we bump recording to Saturday? And I'm like, yes, yes, we can. <laughs> yes, no problem.
0: <laughs> no problem whatsoever with that. Yeah, well, we just lucked out. Uh This time the in-laws took the kids, and so my wife and I had to have another date night last night.
1: Oh, what'd you guys do?
0: Uh We went and saw, well, we had dinner uh actually at a restaurant because we were, the movie wasn't until later, and we went and saw Christopher Robin.
1: Oh, okay, nice, very good. Uh, so, like, in, in some of my time, like when... Um, uh, because I was like sleeping during the day, I was kind of like up through the night. I actually finished binge watching uh, Lost in Space. <laughs> so
0: don't, oh, don't, ooh, I haven't even started that yet. Uh, and I,
1: Yeah. The worst episode is the first one. So um, great. But I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the show.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, yay. Good, g- good, good for that. Yeah. So now um, I'll be getting to that. I'll be getting to that pretty soon, I hope.
1: Yeah. And I also finished watching A
0: Quiet, A Quiet Place. I haven't even started that yet. Yeah. So I'll need to.
1: That was, that was really good. I it was, that was, uh, I wouldn't I hate to say it's like a fun movie because it's 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 not fun but it was it was it was uh it was a good watch so I enjoyed
0: it. Well last Sunday uh I stayed up till two AM uh finishing Jack Ryan just to kind of follow up from our conversation from last yeah. week. So you know I'm just like I was all about that. So good. yay for streaming television. Yeah
1: absolutely um yeah so that's that's been kind of my week. So uh this is gonna have to be a shorter episode Scott. I apologize because <laughs> I'm still well, not
0: Well there wasn't much to the week Anyway, so yeah. it's fine it was a great week for you to be sick
1: yeah yeah so we're gonna i'm just gonna have to get through this and i'm gonna power through it i'm i'm doing it for you guys
0: yeah he says that but he's <laughs> doing it for himself he just can't imagine taking a week off
1: no yeah i'm just i'm picturing that bed upstairs right now it's like as soon as i get off of this i'm gonna go hit that thing and, and sleep like there's no tomorrow
0: <laughs> well just as a quick reminder we are members of the suicide Squadcast network that does include dc comics Squadcast with christian jordan talking about all the justice league related titles being published through dc comics and of course course we have fans without borders and dctv Squadcast hosted by ray and brent which if ray says what he's if ray keeps up with his promises he's supposed to be getting done with gotham like the last two seasons so they can finally do a a a gotham review episode okay. for dctv TV Squadcast. i'm just i'm waiting for him to finally like power through
1: well, that's good because uh, as soon as he does that episode then i'm gonna listen to it so because i didn't power through the last two seasons <laughs> that's one i'm not caught up on so I figure just to kind of get an idea of what's going on, I'll just listen to their show.
0: Oh, well, we're going to be talking about that later on today because I have enjoyed, I enjoyed season four very much. So, well, uh, and don't forget also that if you, you know, if you're a p- supporter on Patreon, thank you so much for your support. We do appreciate that. And if you are not a supporter yet, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash This helps us keep the lights on, helps us pay the bills. And, you know, of course, at that $5 level, you get access to a exclusive RSS feed which coming up soon, you'll get to hear Ray, Tim, and I discuss Road to Perdition, a 2002 film starring Tom Hanks that most people do not realize is based on a graphic novel that was published by an imprint of DC Comics. Yeah. So you're going to want to listen to this episode. This was oh, It's a, a fantastic discussion for a wonderful movie. It's a fantastic film. Spoiler alert, we love the movie.
1: Yeah, and so I don't know if we're going to publish that this upcoming week because we're also publishing a Suicide Squad cast movie review of the nice guys.
0: Yeah, we had a we, we had a patron who was really awesome and was supporting us and then didn't want to be on the show. So we just talked with him about a movie of his choice and then we secretly recorded it <laughs> yes we did we secretly recorded it, and then basically tim was like y- you know you want us to release this right <laughs> <laughs> so patrons are going to get access to this special review of tim and i and a patron who will yet to be named when it gets re- released uh of talking about uh 2016's the nice guys with ryan gosling and russell Crowe.
1: another fantastic film
0: a wonderful movie
1: well that was a fun one too because scott and I knew we knew ahead of time you know because this patron didn't you know just didn't didn't want to you know be on an episode and it was just because like he just didn't want the limelight <laughs> but we're like no we're not going to stand for that you've been supporting us so we went into the discussion with him and both scott and i were secretly recording and then even when we got off the phone with his patron scott and i <laughs> did a, an intro and an outro and a blow up
0: and an outro yeah like a real show yeah
1: <laughs> like and we mix it together as as if it's a real show and it Is a real show, but he just didn't know it at the time. We're sneaky like that.
0: We are very sneaky. So if you want to be caught up on all those shenanigans, go over to slash squadcastmedia and we appreciate any support you can give us. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. All right, so let's get
1: on to the the little bit of news we got.
0: The little, the the sprinkling of news. So I
1: I do want to kind of start off with this one because I think this one's significant and I'm glad to see that Warner Media is kind of out in front of this. If you remember back at the Oscars earlier this year, Francis McDorman won for. Best actress, and um, she ended her acceptance speech with um, just a quick sentence. She says, "I have two words to leave with you tonight, ladies and gentlemen: inclusion writer." And so, at that moment, everyone was you know quickly googling. You know, what does inclusion writer mean? Well, inclusion writer is it's basically it's a stipulation that any actress or actor can ask for or demand uh, to have actually put into their contracts. And what it does is it kind of requires of the studio a certain level of diversity among a film's like cast and crew. and uh, for you know, for example, you can actually take um, someone that's a, a real top tier actor, and um, they can insist that like tertiary speaking characters should match the gender distribution of the setting of the film, um, as long as it's like sensible to the plot. And this was explained by uh, somebody who's been kind of been fighting for this uh, over in Hollywood by the name of Stacy Smith. And the reason Stacy was making such a big deal about diversity in Hollywood, I'm going to give you some of the stats that she. She actually had from her a TED talk that she did. And it's a really great TED talk. Uh, if you look for it, Stacy Smith and TED talk. Out of the last decade, uh, they studied 900 different films over a span of a decade. And out of those films, just 31% of all the speaking characters were female. And even though you know we know female represent uh, about 51% of the population. And then if you actually look on the filmmaking side of this thing, women represented just 4.2% of all directors. And and if you look at the film uh, or if you look at the uh, music uh, composition side, they made up just 1.4% of all the film composers. And then if you actually look at the the characters in the films, uh, 29% of the speaking characters were from uh, non-white racial eth- ethnic groups compared to um, the percentages actually around 40. That's actually a closer percentage. So that's, you know, there's been good progress made there. Uh, still a little bit short of kind of representing the, the true mix, at least in the United States. And then the last one was that... That only 2.7% of the speaking characters were depicted with a disability, despite the fact that nearly 20% of people in the U.S. have some, of, some form of disability. And so this is something that stacy has been kind of fighting for. So this was something that uh, Frances McDormand uh, also was fighting for. And when she said it in her acceptance speech, that just kind of set the world on fire. So Warner Media actually has been working with Michael B. Jordan on this. And in fact, the first film that they're doing is actually a Michael B. Jordan film, where they're actually implementing these new rules they have. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but basically it's a commitment from the studio that they're going to ensure that there's greater inclusion of uh, women and people of color, the LGBTQ community, people with disabilities, all these different underrepresented groups, not only in front of the camera, but also behind it. And they're going to use these efforts to not only kind of track it, but also kind of report their progress on it. So it's it's kind of a big commitment from a studio saying, hey, you know, we are going to try to do something to try to help balance out uh, some of these disparities in Hollywood. So I was glad to see that uh, Warner Brothers or at least Warner Media, because this also includes uh, Turner Network and uh, what's the other one? HBO. HBO, yeah. So it includes it includes those different parts of Warner Media um, that this is uh, something that they are all going to be committed to.
0: So then we had some statements from uh, you know executives over at Warner Brothers. So Kevin Sujohar, of course, uh, Warner Brothers chairman and CEO, was, uh, issued a statement saying, I'm proud that Warner Brothers and our sister companies, HBO and Turner, are willing to stay state unequivocally that this is where we stand on diversity and inclusion. Our policy commits us to taking concrete action to further our goals, to measure the outcomes, and to share the results publicly. I'm also thrilled that we are able to work with Michael B. Jordan to craft a meaningful policy and framework that will apply to all of our productions across all of our divisions going forward.
1: Yeah, and then later Tony Eberich had also kind of commented on this, and he says, you know, people want to see themselves in a world that looks like the world that they live in on screen, and that's part of what the diversity conversation is all about. And I would have to Completely agree with this, and and I've I've talked about this before, but I remember, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my favorite superhero team under the bus here. Uh, I'm a huge Legion of Superheroes fan, but I remember very much as a kid reading Legion of Superheroes, and you got to remember that this is a team of heroes that is like you know a thousand years in the future. And I remember looking at all these different characters, and I and I was looking at, I'm like, I kind of realized like there is only <laughs> Caucasian people in this team, a thousand years in futures. There's no minorities. There's certainly no Asian. <laughs> characters, which, you know, I'm Asian. And so that's something that always kind of struck me. I'm like, you know, why is that? Why why are, why, are the only people represented are just Caucasians? And so that's always kind of stuck with me. And so that's something that, you know, as somebody that as a young boy, I was like, you know, I would love to kind of see somebody that maybe represented me a little bit more. You know, it was something that, you know, I, I definitely wanted. So I, it's a sentiment that I can completely agree with. And, uh, I, and you know, there's, there's other things where I think this is important. I know there's, you know, and I'm not going to get into the political side of this, because there's people that have very passionate views about you know whether you should do this kind of thing or not. But I, I will say this like it is real out there. I've seen it myself firsthand. Um, I've seen you know like double standards, um, and it's just something that I, I think by having guidelines and rules in place and giving yourself a chance or, or accountability to try to to check yourself, I think is real important. And I just think it's it's all a step in the right direction.
0: Good for Warner Media, you know, just you know deciding to like grab the bull by the horns on this topic. Yep. So um, <laughs> um, something that wasn't kind of like, wow, great. Thanks. Thanks for the statement, guys. Was, um, there was this variety story with a quote from Toby Emmerich about Aquaman that I just I'm sorry, I just had to roll my eyes <laughs> when I when I heard this thing. Yeah. I mean, OK, here, here's the quote, Tim. It's not too uh, talking about Aquaman. It's not too hot or too cold. Juan struck a great balance between fun and jeopardy, edge and wonder, comedy and tragedy. <laughs> I'm picturing... What is this, the frickin' Goldilocks and the three bears? <laughs> I mean...
1: Uh, it's just right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Oh, my God. Seriously. Executives. I mean, we're only kind of covering this because it's just kind of funny. It's just funny. But anything an executive says, I mean, you know, this is exactly what you're going to get from them.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. And then, of course, apparently there was some comment about competing with Netflix. And then Emmerich at least said something that was once again kind of ho-hum and generic. But it was basically, we're committed to having a diverse slate across all genres and taking enough at-bats to sometimes hit home runs. Yeah. Okay. You do that, Toby. Yeah, I
1: kind of find it interesting because I mean, in terms of like the you know the big studios, and movie studios, their biggest threat right now is like Netflix and you know Hulu and any any of these other companies that are creating original content. So it, it does make you kind of wonder, like, how are they going to try to combat that? And uh, and at least it sounds like Toby Emmerich, at least their philosophy is like, well, we're going to combat it by just um, taking a lot of swings and then hope to get a few home runs out of it. So hey,
0: better better, hey better swing
1: better. <laughs> so which is good, as long as. Like as long as these studios do not get to the point where they feel like okay, the only thing we can do is just put out nothing but blockbusters. Like oh, that's my biggest that. fear is I don't want oh. them to get to that. No. Yeah. So I want them to keep you know trying things and try to come up with some special films and all that. And you know some of them are going to hit. Some of them, um most of them probably won't. But you know that's way that's the way you get films like you know like Road to Perdition that we just covered exactly, about, so.
0: or Blade Runner twenty forty nine that was a box office bomb, but you know yep. it was still a glorious movie. You know. I- Right. It goes back to the fact that I don't always want box office to be the, the measuring stick for quality. And it's easy for us to say that who has no financial stake in the matter. <laughs> Absolutely none whatsoever. <laughs> I just want a damn good movie. Right. Speaking of which, uh, in a story that surprised no one... Aquaman will be rated PG-13 for sequences Shocker. of sci-fi violence and action and for some language.
1: Ooh, some language. Captain America would not be happy about that. So, I mean, we also got the kind of like the billing for Aquaman. And and uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything kind of surprising on here. It's most of the stuff we've heard. You know, Rupert Gregson-Williams is doing the music. Um, the EPs are Deborah Snyder, Zack Snyder, John Berg, Jeff Johns, and Walter Hamada. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. You know, you still got uh, John Berg and Jeff Johns on it. Um, of course, Deborah and Zack are executive producers because, I mean, they're the ones that kind of
0: created... Momoa's version of Aquaman, yeah. yeah
1: so they're going to get uh, EP status on that. Story here by Jeff Johns, James Wan, and Will Bell. So noth- I don't see anything, like, super surprising here. I guess the only other thing that was a little bit news here, at least for me, this is who's actually getting credit for the screenplay. It's uh, David Leslie Johnson, uh, McLeod Goldrick. McGoldrick, yeah. And uh, Will Bell, so...
0: Yeah, I think that, that was the only thing that was like... I think I'd only heard Will Bell's name yeah. going around, so that was... Okay.
1: Well, that's kind of where it's always got to go through like, uh, what is it, w- WGA and they yeah, have Yeah, the Writers
0: Guild of America, yeah.
1: Yeah, they have to kind of like assess it and and try to figure out who's going to actually get credit and what order and and if
0: there's going to be an and or a, a with and all that other little stuff that they do. <laughs> Dot the I's and cross the T's. That's all that's going to be. Yeah. Well, and then we got uh, the uh, preview magazine from Empire.
1: Yeah, it's the Empire magazine.
0: Yeah, Empire magazine preview and had some uh, photos from Shazam, a great shot of Zachary Levi and, as Shazam, and we got more Freddy. Now, what I enjoyed, though, was a kind of creepy, uh, Tim would say cheesy, but I would say that's just <laughs> right, a photo of Mark Strong as Savannah looking all wizardry. So I'm I'm down with it.
1: Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's terribly cheesy, but I, I will say this, though. I'm going to kind of double back. I love the color grading that they're doing with the suit now, the Shazam suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like what, you know, It's it looks like the color grading that you saw a lot of people like getting some of those early images of Shazam, uh, from the set and they were doing their own color modifications on it. It's actually pretty close to that. It looks good. The suit looks pretty good. Well, and then somebody reached out to David Sandberg on Reddit. You know, he's, he, he spends a lot of time on DC cinematic and he answers fans questions all the time. Uh, somebody asked him, you know, can you explain the color changes between the magazine and the trailer? And, uh, and David responded, he says, Making suits is hard. It's like painting a room that you can look at little swatches all day, but you, you won't really see the effect until it's done. The color of the finished suit didn't quite look as expected in some lights, particularly the daylight, which is on me since I decided to change fabric very late in prep and there wasn't time for as many tests. I figured we'd just have to tweak it in post. The first image released, though, unfortunately didn't have any post production done to it. That was right as we were putting the trailer together. I figured since that image was out there, Perhaps we shouldn't stray too far from that in the trailer. It might be confusing. This image is closer to what I'm going for, but it's still a work in progress, and we'll see where we end up. No images or the trailer have the finished bolt effect either. It's not going to be an extreme effect or anything, but it's just a simple glow. So it's, it's kind of cool. It gives you a little bit of insight. As we had heard that uh, he had actually, you know, they were making some late changes with the costume, and it, it seems like they made a late material change as well. And so they didn't really have all their lighting kind of worked out, apparently. And uh, so I'm kind of glad to see where he's landing here because I, I think this this I think the color just feels a lot more kind of natural to me and not as much uh, comic booky. So
0: okay, well, basically just kind of fitting in with a, a pre-established aesthetic in this cinematic universe, you might say. Yeah,
1: I think so. I think it, it works for me anyway. So I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's, it's all
0: about what makes you happy, isn't that right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I thought so. Okay, well, uh, briefly, we'll talk about the Joker in that it, there is a picture of Todd. Phillips posted with some very kind of noirish smoky <laughs> looks, you know, it's like played it against Sam going yep. on and just a comment that's like here we go. <laughs> I like how he
1: used the same words. I mean, wasn't it from Dark Knight? It was from Dark Knight, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: It's from Dark Knight, yeah. That's nah. it, it, it's right before you know the boat is like supposed to blow the fairies are supposed to blow up. Right. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's a it's a cool image and if, if that's anything close to like this kind of no, noir type film that you know we're supposedly getting like I, I like it I like the aesthetic of what he did with this image. I mean, there's nothing here that's even saying this has anything to do with the joker, but like if you're saying here we go, uh, we've had many indications that production is about to begin.
0: Yes. And then we've got pictures of Joaquin Phoenix from the Duville American Film Festival yeah. looking kind of svelte. Yeah. I like it. He was, um, there was like a, there
1: was a nice Getty image that kind of shows like a side view of the one that everyone was kind of posting online. But he's, he's got this Joker looking face, man, I got to say.
0: Oh, it's Joaquin
1: Phoenix. He he's... does,
0: yeah. I'm I'm excited for this. I can't wait to see. I'm intrigued. I'm not going to say I'm excited, but I'm intrigued. No, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, well, good. Good for you because once again, We've already established it's all about you, so. Yes, it is. And apparently, um, Netta Porter, not really sure who this is, but they're reporting that uh, Robin Wright did film uh, a flashback sequence in Spain for Wonder Woman 1984, where she will appear with Connie Nielsen. Awesome. So, that's kind of cool. I don't mind seeing more Robin Wright.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, this is actually be the second flashback she, you know, apparently filmed. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, because we didn't quite see the Justice League one.
0: No, we didn't. Did we? Mm-hmm. Or
1: maybe we did. I don't know. But it's hard to say. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's it's not it's not all that unexpected. I think we kind of expected that. But it's it's good confirmation because I mean, we've both been saying we wanted to see
0: a little bit more of her. Yeah, hey, I have to admit, I didn't expect her to kick it so soon in the movie. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, did you see the trailer for the new House of Cards? No, because I never watched season five. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No, no. I heard I I heard way too many people tell me um, that season five jumped the shark. Uh, it it wasn't as good, but it was yeah. But I I still. Like her character in it,
1: so, so I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So then there was some kind of discussion going on online. Uh, Mario F. Robles had made a comment about the original Ben Affleck uh, Deathstroke costume test that was out there, and and I think because it wasn't like the two year anniversary or something that we had seen that, yes, and it, it sparked was. a lot of conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's where he kind of said like if you know if Matt Reeves, you know, film isn't amazing, he's going to be so miserable because it you know it's replacing the movie of what could have been like the Legion of Doom and all that. And uh, it, we had some other people jump in. I think Bill Jet Ramey jumped in and kind of like repeated some things that we've heard before that, you know, the story wasn't finished. And even Ben Affleck had said that, you know, he wasn't satisfied with the script. Well, Jay Oliva jumped in and he says, you know, hey, Bill, the original Affleck script was the best Batman script I've ever read. Ben had a kick-ass story and I believe that the audience and fans would have loved it. And we're like, oh, no, you know. No! <laughs> it's one of those kind of deals. And then uh, Mario had commented and he goes, hey, you know, it's kind of perplexing why, you know, Matt Reeves would chuck it and for Ben Affleck to state that he never really had a script that he liked. Um, uh, Bill jumped in and says, you know, you know, the, the film should just should have been made, you know, good, bad, no story. And Jay Olivia just jumped in one more time and he goes, hey, the, you know, There was a lot happening that is above you and my paycheck. I wish it was as easy as just making it. Uh, It had some of the best Batman, Deathstroke stuff I'd ever done.
0: No. And Joe
1: Manganiello um, basically agreed because he put a check mark in response yes. with a tweet. <laughs> check. Joe was like, check? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, it was kind of interesting. There's um, there's a lot of people that have opinions about this film, uh, but Jay Oliva, uh, apparently, the based on what he said here, some of the best stuff that he'd ever done, You must be talking about like actually doing some, you storyboards. Know, some storyboards of this. So, I, I think we do need to touch on this thing. No! Even if it was, even if it was the best script ever. Okay, here's the deal. That was a Ben Affleck, you know, endeavor. And that was his vision. And that was something he had kind of worked on. Um, Let's be clear, the reason this thing wasn't, you know, the reason he had pulled out and the reason this thing never went forward is because Ben has some some serious issues that he has to deal with that are by far much higher priority than anything else right now. And we've talked about this before. I mean, in the end, like that is by far the most important thing is that he gets through these things, these personal things that he's dealing with. So when they brought in Matt Reeves, I mean, you know, Matt Reeves is, the reason they can get a director like Matt Reeves is because Matt Reeves has to be able to tell the story that he wants to tell. And that's why they're not using that script. And... You know, and I think, you know, it's great that the script was apparently, you know, kick-ass and all that. You know, hopefully someday we'll see it in some kind of form, and you know maybe we'll see something like that through, like, this other banner of DC films. You never know. You know, we don't know when we may see it, but um I just want to see whatever Matt's coming up with and, and you know, let a director have true creative freedom, and I would much rather have that than have him to kind of take on something that may not have been per his vision about what he wanted to do in the film that he wanted to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's all about... We, we kind of champion artistic and directorial freedom over here. So it's like, you don't hand him Ben's script and say, well, Ben stepped down because Ben's has issues. So go film Ben's script. No, it's yeah. not, not what you do. As much as I would have loved to have seen a Batman Deathstroke movie. Yeah. No, I think it was one of these things where,
1: you know, if it's as great as the script is, um, you know, as it sounds like, you know, you know, hopefully we'll see it someday. Uh, I'd I'd love to kind of see, you know, what's got Jay Olivia excited on this, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. So,
0: yeah. Well, speaking about something else that would have been pretty kick-ass, (laughs) Um, uh, at Walker Stalker Con uh, during an evening with Norman and Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was asked about different roles that he would you know he would have liked to play in films and his response after dismissing some Marvel questions was the only one I want to play is DC and Lobo he's badass (laughs) Negan as Lobo yes hell yeah oh yeah I
1: could I could totally see him as Lobo and you know what I I would honestly say as much as I as a fan would appreciate him playing you know uh, Thomas Wayne uh, as in as like a Batman a Flashpoint Batman I I've always and I've said this for a long time I've never seen that really playing out as being something that's going to be real easy to kind of push off onto a general audience so I never quite actually saw that happening in reality but like seeing him play Lobo oh yeah I could totally see him doing this as long as we get the whistle the Negan whistle (laughs) <laughs> in there space. You go. In Lobo space. Can hear,
0: you can hear Lobo whistle. Yeah,
1: in space. I mean, if he can ride a motorcycle in space, he can at least whistle in space. I mean, that's all I'm saying. No, I would I would definitely be down with this.
0: And after seeing him as the comedian and watchman, we know he looks damn fine with a cigar jutting out of his yes. mouth, so we're good to go. We are good to go. So, yeah, go forth. <laughs> go forth. I, I would be—I'm all behind it. Okay. Now, this is kind of interesting because apparently Netflix made the announcement that Henry Cavill will be playing this major character in their— ad- adaptation of The Witcher, which I've heard of the video games before, but what I didn't know until I did a little research is that it's actually based on like this really popular Polish short story and novel fantasy series. Yeah. And I know that there are several of you out there going what the heck? Sorry. We can't I'm cover little, everything. I can't. I, I I have so much bandwidth. <laughs> so much bandwidth. And I'm sorry Lorena from Spain. I know you love Witcher. I've seen your tweets. You're the. If it wasn't for for Lorena I would be sitting here going I wouldn't even really know what Witcher is but she has kept me up to date about enough of it so thank you Lorena I really appreciate that Uh, but uh, yeah apparently it's like this Monster Hunter fantasy series it's gonna be an eight episode series on uh, Netflix I'll watch it why not
1: sure and this is the thing that the only reason we're even talking about this because this this isn't really that big of news but there seem to be a lot of people that are kind of freaking out about you know henry cavill taking us on and let me you know meaning that he must not be playing superman anymore i i don't see how this precludes him from continuing on
0: in that role benedict cumberbatch did a then did a showtime series chris him chris Hemsworth's doing a netflix series i know this might shock some people but you can do movie and television at the same time. I know it's mind-boggling. It's called scheduling.
1: Well, and and not only that, I mean, it, I, this is like no different than him taking a role in another film because, in fact, I think the commitment on this is, I mean, this is probably like a three or four month commitment to film these eight episodes. It, it's not even, it, it's as much as it would be for him to take on a role in another film. And, and the fact of the matter is, you know, if Warner Brothers and DC Films is not moving and don't have any concrete plans for him him in, like, a sequel to Man of Steel at this point, we you know, we don't exactly know what's going on, but like, he's not going to sit around waiting, you know, he, the man's got to, like, keep working, and, you know, he's going to fill that time, whether it be a film or, you know, a three or four month commitment to to be part of this Netflix series. I mean, it's not a big deal, and there's there's nothing in here to me that precludes him from fulfilling any kind of ongoing role as Superman.
0: And that's all we have to say about that.
1: And, and um, my guess is that Apparently you have more to say. what. what Whatever contract whatever contract he has for this I am sure the the film side of things probably to some degree is gonna trump that like if there's a, a season two or a season three of this they're probably gonna be the ones that are gonna have to work around his schedule
0: let's just make sure that there's like a facial hair writer written into his contract by this <laughs> book.
1: I I would I'm guessing that's probably the case because I mean doesn't this character have like you know a beard
0: oh a massive beard yeah I mean <laughs> Uh, well, more like no no, I'm sorry. I was thinking about a different character I've seen from Witcher. It's more it's more scruff, but he has a really long mane of hair. Yeah, yeah. So
1: that'll be something new that they can do is they can like he'll probably grow his hair out long and they'll have to do some CGI work to figure out how can they like, you know, make that hair disappear. So, it's going to be we got some fun times ahead. Oh, God. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay, can we
0: talk about some news that I'm really excited yes. about? Tell us about the DC Universe stuff. Okay. Freaking Timothy Dalton has been cast in Doom Patrol. I mean, seriously. I know. How awesome is this? Now, literally, I mean, everyone has been cast as Dr. Niles Calder. I know there's one actor who's apparently going to appear in that episode of Titans. And then we heard Kelsey Grammer was cast as Dr. Calder. But I'm sorry. I love Kelsey Grammer, but I'm even more freaking excited to get timothy dalton <laughs> i mean i grew up with this man as james bond and as neville sinclair and the rocketeer yeah and i and then of course he was in doctor who and he was in uh, toy story 3 and he was in hot fuzz i mean i i love timothy dalton i really do enjoy him so i think this is awesome casting yeah no i, I haven't seen him in quite a while uh, Timothy Dalton. Really? Yeah. Oh, he's been, he's been doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's been... Oh, Penny Dreadful. I almost forgot about Penny Dreadful. He was fantastic in that on Showtime. Okay. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Oh, put that on your list. He plays uh, Dr. Malcolm. Uh, he's the father of um, Mina Harker from uh, Dra- The Dracula. Okay. Check it out. It's a great series.
1: Uh, can I can I say this, though? The picture I threw in the notes about this, doesn't he look like Patrick Stewart.
0: The picture you picked, yes, <laughs> yes,
1: he does. He's got he's got the like little Patrick Stewart face, which is kind of funny because I mean, uh, we've all talked about this before. We've talked about this before, certainly. Uh, when it, in the comics where X Men was created and Doom Patrol was created, Doom Patrol actually came out before X Men by like a month or so, or? by
0: like a one or two months, yeah, one or
1: two months. And in the similarities, like clearly there was some kind of like exchange of ideas that you know there had to have been some kind of copycatting going on one way or the other. And I know there's people have lots of opinions about it out there, but the the parallels are are really kind of funny because Charles Xavier in a wheelchair.
0: Dr. Calder in a wheelchair. Yeah. 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 But
1: when I saw that, I'm like, oh, it looks like Patrick Stewart. (laughs) It's it's even funnier to me now.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I didn't even realize that until you said that. That is hilarious. But I was like really
1: pumped about some of the set photos we saw. These are some of the first set photos we actually have seen of the Doom Patrol
0: characters in costume. And they look so freaking comic accurate. Yeah. I mean, we get Negative Man. We get get a woman we get robot man elastica girl what's the matter with you <sighs> I, I'm being a little bit more progressive than you are. <laughs> okay. She's a woman, not a girl. Okay. I will
1: apologize when they announce that her character is actually a Lassie woman. Okay.
0: It's fine. And you get Robot Man and Crazy Jane. And yeah. <clears throat> just, he's ripped off the page. It's what I gotta say. Yeah.
1: No, it's cool. I'm I'm really happy to kind of see
0: this. So. I, I, I'm pretty stoked about Robot
1: Man. I don't know why. Well, I like the use of the practical costume. It, yeah.
0: It, at least, even in the still photo, it looks good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm excited about this.
0: And then this is some casting news that I'm excited about, which Tim's not because he didn't bother to watch season four of Gotham, but um, uh, Crystal Reed who played Sophia Falcone on season four of Gotham has been cast as Abby Arcane for the Swamp Thing series on DC Universe and I really enjoyed her in season four of Gotham. I thought she was a highlight of season four. So this casting has got me kind of excited.
1: Yeah, so I mean, so she, she put on a really good performance in Gotham then?
0: I, I think so. I mean, she was basically a season-long regular okay. and was a very much a driving force behind the season. Nice. So, it she was a character I enjoyed when she was on screen. So, when I heard that she got cast as Abby and the, and, and you can see this from the photo you put in the show notes, I mean, she has a very distinctive look. Yeah. So, knowing what we know about Abby Arcane's character from the comics, I feel like that that just is gonna add to her character.
1: Yeah. I wonder if they're gonna go with the white hair.
0: I hope so. I really do.
1: Yeah. I mean, because she's, she's a dark brunette. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I I mean, I, I'm not like that much of a stickler that, it, you know, she has to be completely representative of like what we see from the comics. But like, it seems like what they've been doing with DC Universe so far is they've been going pretty
0: damn accurate. Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, they have. Um, and then the other kind of swamp Thing news that we kind of knew about a little bit last week but we really didn't touch on it because we got some more information from Deadline this week is that Lynn Wiseman has been named as an executive producer for the Swamp Thing series and that he's going to direct the pilot episode Mm. which is kind of cool because I'll be honest I like Underworld at least the first one I enjoy that movie, and he also uh, apparently has directed. um, He directed the pilot of Lucifer, and let's be honest, that was the best episode of the. That was the best episode. (laughs) The best episode. Yeah. So apparently, he's got this larger deal with WBTV. Yeah. uh, To develop, produce, and direct projects for the studio, and I, you know, that's kind of cool. I mean, I know people have different opinions about his work, but I enjoyed the first Underworld movie. I thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So there we go. I'm excited about this. And James Wan's there as an executive producer as well. I'm looking forward to the Swamp Thing series, especially after seeing the 1982 movie for Suicide cast movies. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. And then one last bit of casting here. We actually have a character that goes way back to, it was back in the early Swamp Thing days. Uh, it was
0: after Lynn Ween, but before Alan Moore.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a character by name, Elizabeth Tremaine. And the actress who's going to be playing her is Maria Sten, which I don't know anything about her, but she apparently was in Straight Outta Compton, which I haven't seen yet. No,
0: I haven't seen. And she's also apparently in this TV series, Channel Zero.
1: Okay, yeah. So, uh, she's apparently, like, a friend of Abby Arcane's, so, and I don't know if she's gonna be a regular.
0: It's a series regular. A series regular, okay. Yeah, because
1: she was a childhood friend of Abby Arcane's. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, that kind of rounds out the news. So, yeah, this one's coming together, and and obviously they're filming right now, because we saw some of the set photos.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's just because, going back to what like the live stream said, because Jim Lee says that their intention is to release new content weekly. I'm sure they're just making it so that you get Titans yep, and then when Titans is up you get probably like Young Justice and when Young Justice is over you're probably going to get Doom Patrol and when Doom Patrol is over you're probably going to get Swamp Thing or Harley Quinn or something I can just imagine that they've got this production schedule timed out so that every Friday there's a new, as soon as one show is over the next Friday you're going to have the first episode of the next show. Yep. Which is a reminder to all of our listeners that next Next week is when the app goes live, next Saturday, actually. Is it available? Have you looked yet? I looked on my phone. I still need to look on um, my Apple TV. I did see that uh, Justin from Batman on Film, I think he he got selected to be a beta tester. Okay. And his was working, he was able to watch it on his Apple TV, but I'm wondering if that was just for beta testers.
1: Okay, nice. Yeah, just a week away. Well, that was it, man. I mean, not much, not a whole lot of news this week. (laughs) Not much at all. Yeah, which is good you know we've always been kind of lucky like we had that one week where both of us were just dead sick and it was a short news week if I remember right I, or we made it one <laughs> we, or we made it one you know? either way it was uh, we made it happen that way <laughs> so well guys that's it for this week's podcast we want to thank you all for listening and I apologize for my voice I, I promise it'll be a little bit better next week
0: maybe I shouldn't promise but oh <laughs> what's gonna be different than the last three years I mean honestly for come sure on. for sure. but uh, that's it's been a lot of fun you know it's, as much as we as much as we had to talk about and you know remember we always want to hear from you so don't forget to reach out to us you know you can reach us on twitter at suicide Squadcast. I can be reached individually at scottdc27 and then you can reach
1: me on twitter at Alan Fire, and you can always email us at suicidesquadcast at gmail.com we love hearing from you guys don't hesitate to reach out you could also find us on vero facebook we have a website suicidesquadcast.com and if you are able to and if you'd like to you can help support the network and you can go to patreon.com slash and at the $5 level. You can get some added content. And this upcoming week, we're going to do a review of The Nice Guys, and I think think i'll drop it this week the road to perdition
0: oh i hope so i'm looking forward to hearing that yeah like put together
1: yeah so thanks for all you uh guys that are currently supporting us and all that we appreciate all the support you've been giving us and continue to give us and uh like i said you know uh you get an exclusive rss feed at the five dollar level a month so and you'll get all this added content we probably have about 120 pieces of content now
0: now it just keeps on growing yeah yep so all right well that's it for this week and as we always like to remind you go out and keep reading dc yep see you guys bye 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 Bye-bye. I had the last buy in
1: there. So, Scott, you know, I know my voice sounds like crap tonight, and <laughs> there's not much I could do about it, but for God's sakes, how many times did you have to cough? You know
0: how much editing I'm going to have to do to, like, take all that out? Oh, screw that. You want to know how much phlegm I've got going on right now? My, se- my I, It's freaking summer still here in Alabama, and yet for some reason I feel like I'm having fall allergies. I don't get it at all. It's the little walking viruses I teach. I swear it's that. That's my excuse.
1: Um, What's your excuse for talking about phlegm, which I have no interest in? listening to it's the it's the cold hard truth and you can learn to deal with it phlegm is a part of life mm, yeah and explosions are a part of this show sorry scott
0: when you want yeah i'm just trying to get back to uh my notes okay there we go just you—I uh, just saying don't wait on me i'm
1: not waiting on you trust me
0: <coughs> you okay over there what? <laughs> i got i got crap going on in my throat too it, you, it's not just you okay good
1: so. i'm cutting all that out though we don't need to be talking good. about the crap in our throats <laughs> uh, no
0: not at all